0: Out of the box. Out of the box. Meet people through their music. With Ash Bertabez on FBI. Oh,
1: hello there. How you doing? Big thanks to Stephen, who presented Mornings for you for the past well, three hours, actually. And if you want to tr- catch any of the tracks that he played, go on to Mornings with Stephen Ferris on the FBI website as a programs and playlist page. Everything he's played is written up there for you. And uh, yes, you are now listening to Out of the Box. My name is indeed Ash Bez and my guest today is Andrew Johnston. He started out dreaming to be an artist and accidentally became a designer and then after a bit of travelling around and a night on the booze, he came up with an idea with his mate Murray Bell for a design conference called Semi-Permanent, which is now in its 11th year and it's going pretty gangbusters, if I do say so myself. It's on next week and he's also the creator of Empty magazine and made a Design is Kinky blog, a design blog that's been running since, was it, 98? 98?
2: Yes, 98. Yeah.
1: Anyway, welcome to the yeah, show. <laughs> thanks very much for having
2: me. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Good stuff. And you've got a Gangbusters playlist here. Uh, tell us a bit about how you put it together.
2: Uh, yeah, I, you know, I had a bit of anxiety about it to be honest, because um, I'm not really a sort of big music person. I mean, I know a lot of people say that. I, I love music like everyone, but you know, I haven't really had any sort of major music sort of change my life like some people do. But, you know, I think the the list is good and um, some interesting stories, hopefully, that will uh, interest some of your uh, listeners.
1: All right, and the first track we've got is Shuffle Your Feet from Black Rebel Motorcycle Club. Why did you pick this track?
2: Uh, I, I guess this one um, sort of stands out to me because when we first started uh, Sammy Perman with my business partner, Murray Bell, um, way back in um, 2003, or actually we first started about talking about it in 2002, um, he he suggested this band to me uh, uh, may not have been that timing But it was certainly in the first few years And um, we used to l- listen to it all the time In the office, uh, the, the whole album And uh, always really loved it And haven't really heard it, or never really heard it anywhere else so It was one of those albums that sort of felt obscure Even though I'm sure it's not um, So I used to just love listening to it And in particular this song
1: Alright, you're listening to FBR 94.5 Here's Black Rebel Motorcycle Club with Shuffle Your Feet
0: Time won't save our souls
3: Time Save our souls, the time. time won't save my.
0: made dreamers, one before the wicked man, one before the peaceful protest that keeps the war in demand.
1: Brought in by my guest today, Andrew Johnston, who uh, co-founded and is co-directing Semi-Permanent. But it all started with Design is Kinky, which has been going since, was it 98? Yes,
2: 1998, Yeah, Mm -hmm. way back in the day.
1: So why Design is Kinky?
2: Uh, Yeah, it's not the most exciting story. I I was just trying to come up with a name that was a little bit, I guess, um, playful, a little possibly controversial or... No, it's not really. Um, it has. We have had some pretty funny phone calls when, when with that name, but uh, yeah, it just it just sort of came to me one one day, and and I kind of liked it, and just went with it, and and I think it sort of it still uh, holds up.
1: What do you mean by phone calls about the name?
2: Uh, you know, we w- when we registered the business name, and then um, we call people to to do various things, and I'd say, oh, you know, design is kinky, and they'd be like, oh, what are you? make. And because of the word kinky, obviously, they thought we were in a very different uh, area to what we uh, we are. So, um, yeah, you know, 3D quite... printing
1: dildos or something, yeah, that kind of design. Yeah, well, that's
2: what we do, but I keep that on the hush. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, made for some funny conversations, but yeah, nothing too crazy.
1: All right. And it led to, in some way, to semi-permanent and what it is today. How did that kind of happen?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was doing the site by myself for several years, uh, just kind of building it up. It became quite popular and... I was asked actually to speak at another conference that happened in Sydney in 2000 and really enjoyed the experience. Um, And it was around about that time that I met Murray, um, a business partner. And um, we started talking about working together on various things. He started helping me out with designers Kinky. And then um, we were in a a hotel room in Barcelona, actually. Um, We'd been invited to speak in an event over there. uh, And this was in, I think, 2002. And we just sort of started talking about what we wanted to do. And we actually were approached by a company that wanted to work with us. And then um, one day, literally in hotel in the middle of La Ramblas in Barcelona, we came up with the whole concept, came up with the name, semi-permanent, wrote up a little proposal and, um, you know, and then went from there.
1: Epic. Yeah. All right. Just go at it. Why not? Yeah. And so how how did it get from the point where you were, you know, in a hotel room to your first conference what was that kind of
2: Uh, like? yeah it was an interesting experience we'd never done anything like it um you know it's not uh it's not easy to, to to create an event i mean but it's also not you know uh as the the expression goes not not rocket science but um you know we just sort of uh worked out what steps we needed to take and um just kind of spoke to people about you know to get advice and and uh the main thing was wondering whether there was going to be an audience, but given that Design is Kinky at the time was quite popular and had quite a, a large following um, online, then, uh, you know, we felt that we had enough people that would uh, listen and, and, res- and already respected what we did. And thankfully, that first year we, re- we received about, you know, 2000 attendees and um, which was amazing. And, you know, it was a great event and we learned a lot and then we just sort of went on and, and kept going.
1: So, how did you pick the people in the first year of the event? Was it just kind of based on a, a bit of a fanboy kind of vibe?
2: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it was people that we'd, a lot of the people we'd already met, um, we knew through uh, other events that we'd met them and hung out with them and had drinks with them. Some people, yeah, it was a bit of a fanboy. It was kind of like, well, who do we want to speak? Um, but a lot, yeah, probably the majority were actually people that we'd already, we really loved their work. We, we knew them through either just online or or, or in, you know, in real life. Um, and, uh, yeah, just put together a, a diverse list and, um, you know, tried to get the best kind of people we could.
1: Okay. And in, in short, for someone who doesn't know what semi-permanent is, what is it really like when, when the festival, the conference is in full swing? What's going on?
2: Well, essentially, we bring over talented artists, um, designers, people within the creative industry. There's people ranging from, uh, as I just said, artists, graphic designers, filmmakers, photographers. Uh, you know, um, visual effects people, animators, illustrators. You know, you name it. We've those type of people um, have spoken, and they come over from overseas or throughout Australia, and they essentially talk to the audience about their journey. You know, what what got them to being a well known and, and popular um, creative. And it's really inspirational. It's, it's about sort of inspiring and enabling the creative community. That's kind of how we like to put it, because we feel it's really inspirational, but also that it enables people to build on their career. You know, it can teach them certain things. It can help them with advice, um, even even just indirectly from, from someone who's talking to 2,000 people. Um, and, you know, and this year in particular, we're really expanding. We're growing, we've got uh, exhibitions, installations, screenings, um, a couple of parties uh, and things going on all at the one venue rather than just the sort of presentation aspect of the event.
1: Sounds like a veritable smorgasbord.
2: Yeah, we hope so, yeah.
1: And we've got a track now from Clap Your Hands, Say yeah, which one did you pick?
2: Uh, I picked the um, Let the Cool Goddess Rust Away. Um, Once again, this is another track that um, myself and Murray used to listen to back in the day like continually and... um, was always stuck in my mind as a really great track 94.5
1: Clap your hands say yeah And that was Let the Cool Goddess Rust Away Brought in by my guest today Andrew Johnston who started Semi-Permanent And I guess the main idea behind Semi-Permanent If you look at it Is to kind of enthuse people In the arts and design community Why, Why do you need to kind of inspire people In the arts and design community Why do you need to bring them together
2: Oh, I think everyone needs inspiration in their life, no matter what you do. But for a creative person within the arts community, I mean, it's it's essential. I mean, you need to be inspired on a daily basis because to create is actually a lot harder than people think. I mean, people look at artwork in galleries and, you know, uh, advertising or photography and they just think, oh, it's easy. You know, you press a button or you throw some paint together. But it's it's not, you know, it's really quite quite a difficult process. And especially when you're working within an industry that expects you to be creative on a daily basis. You know, it's not... Being creative for yourself, I mean that's fine because you can just do whatever you like most of the time, but being creative when you have a client um, or a boss telling you to be is a whole another ball game and it can be a very difficult thing so with events like semi permanent you know that's what we try to do we try to give them that 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 boost um hopefully it it keeps them on in, uh, sorry hopefully it keeps them inspired for a month or so um hopefully more you know um and just kind of yeah, it gives them that little energetic boost that, that they need to kind of really sort of start to build their work, create something maybe that they might not have the day before because they've seen some really interesting things that from, as I said before, um, some of the top creatives in the world.
1: Yeah, and when you mentioned that sometimes you have a, a boss or a client telling you to be creative, I never really thought of that aspect of the work, but as a, as a designer, you know, even pre-semi-permanent or during when semi-permanent's not on, you must have clients and bosses telling you to, do certain things in the past? How do you how do you manage that when you're quite a I guess a headstrong creative?
2: Well, I, funny, I, the, I think the reason I started designing is kinky um, and and also do semi permanent is because I really don't like having someone, especially a client, tell me what to do. Um, it's just not my nature I mean I think I'm a nice enough person (laughs) but I just don't like I I just couldn't really handle that relationship and um, so that so I got out of it I was smart enough I guess to kind of get out of that before I sort of imploded or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, and you know I I have a crazy amount of respect for people who do it on a daily basis and can can deal with it Um, so yeah you know I, I, I thankfully don't have to deal with it too much
1: hmm And I was wondering, have any semi-permanent guests imp- inspired you to do something new or different in the time the conference has been running? Have you actually taken on that inspiration that you're trying to give to other people?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm inspired by, you know, every speaker we have, really. I mean, in particular, over the last maybe five or six years, the photography speakers. Um, you know, I know everyone's sort of an amateur photographer, but I've started trying to take some good photos and just seeing the kind of work they have to do and, and the skills they need um, i'm not a documentary photographer, but I in particular I love that style of photography um, and you know it really inspires me to just kind of get out there a little bit with the camera and do a little bit more than I, than I possibly would uh, you know if I, if I didn't see these people speak
1: actually you've got an interesting documentary photographer coming on this year to speak at the at the conference Claire Martin. Mm-hmm. I really like the premise of her work where she goes to marginalised communities within prosperous nations and takes photos. Um, do you know what she's going to be actually talking about on the day?
2: Uh, this year she's actually part of the Curvy panel. Um, yeah, Curvy is a, an exhibition and book that's been running for quite a long time now, about 10 years. Um, and Claire will be talking with uh, three other uh, female creatives, um, Kelly Thompson, Elke Kramer and Mel Bergen, and they'll be talking about Curvy but also about what it's like to be a, a, a female creative in, in today's industry you know the, the ups and downs of that um, Claire in particular yeah I love her photography um, I think she, de- she definitely has her own style um, within documentary photography and uh, hopefully she'll be showing some I assume she'll be showing some new work and um, yeah I'm looking forward to seeing that presentation
1: mm. and it's interesting that Curvy started how many years ago now
2: uh, I think about maybe eleven, even ten or eleven. Yeah. So, the, ba- the basically, the second year of semi-permanent. Mm-hmm.
1: And I kind of glean that it's in response to the fact that you tend to have a lot of men on stage. I, I I always muse about this to myself, but I see a lot of people at the top of their game seeming to be kind of, I guess, guys and can you kind of account for the kind of absence of women at the top of their game in a lot of these kind of pursuits it's a bit of a tricky question and it, <laughs> it can be incredibly loaded but i wonder if you have any insights on that
2: well i'd i'd love to but um yeah it's it's actually been a constant struggle for for us in se- as semi-permanent to um to to find female creatives who are willing to get on stage um we've we've literally asked hundreds over the years um and only a small percentage of them uh i guess uh, comfortable to get on stage, and you know I understand that it's it's um it's a it's a tough thing to do. I mean, getting in front of a couple thousand people is uh it's not a daily occurrence. It's um it's uh it can be a little bit you know in, uh, daunting, uh but yeah, uh, it's it's amazing because our crowds are more. There's more female creatives in our audience than there are male. It's probably about 60-40, which shocks me even after 12 years. Um, they're there, they're out there creating work and doing amazing work. Uh, it's just that I think, you know, it's, it's the nature of our, of our world, I guess that men shout loudest and it's unfortunate, but it's just, it's just reality. And, um, we are, we are always out there looking for new female creatives who not only are doing great work and are, I guess, of the caliber that we have on our, on our stage, but also who are willing to get up on our stage. So, you know, if there's any out there listening right now, please send us an email because we'd love to have you.
1: Absolutely. And what's the best way to get in touch with you?
2: Uh, Yeah, just shoot us an email at hello at semipermanent.com and uh, I'll I'll get that.
1: (laughs) All right, great. And we've got to go to a track now. I'm thinking, how about we take Mistaken for Strangers? Sounds good. All right. Sale now at the Newtown Social Club.
4: Splendor sideshows from The Stripes,
1: Circle Waves, Dahlia, and The Wild Feathers.
4: Plus Dustin Tebbett, Gang of Youth, Astronomy Class, British India, Northeast Party House,
1: Citizen K with TK Maitzer,
4: Robin Hitchcock, Tom E. Lewis, Royston Vassie,
1: Dallas
0: Crane, and Ed Cooper. Also Knapsack,
4: Graveyard Train,
0: Little Bastard,
4: Kim Churchill, Napalm, and Daniel Champagne.
0: Get tickets at NewtownSocialClub.com.
5: Sponsoring FBI. after the storm I run and run as the rains come and I look up I look up on my knees and out of luck I look up Night has always pushed up day No life to see decay, but I won't rot. I won't rot. Not in this mind, and not in this heart. I won't rot. And I took you by. no more tears and love will not break your heart but dismiss your fears get over your hill and see what you find there with grace in your heart and flowers in your head
1: Purdy, Mumford and Sons, and that was brought in by my guest today, Andrew Johnston, who is a co-founder and co-director of Semi-Permanent, the art and design conference that happens pretty much yearly, yearly,
2: Yep. Yearly? Yep.
1: indeed, and is happening next weekend, starting from Thursday through to the Saturday, I believe. Yep,
2: Thursday to Saturday,
1: yep. Can't believe I retained all that information. I'm doing, I'm <laughs> doing really well today. Must be all those blueberries I've been eating. And that gorgeous track, why did you bring that on the show?
2: uh the mumford and sons track i i it sort of uh sends me back to iceland i've spent a bit of time there over the last um 5 years pretty much gone back uh each summer um and that's that track in particular was um pretty much on loop when i first went there so you know i it, the minute i hear it i get sort of visions of icelandic landscapes and uh yeah it was uh it sort of yeah i mean Really, sort of sinks to me for for Iceland.
1: And speaking of having that on loop, the track before that that we had was "Mistaken for Strangers" by the National. Can you tell us the story behind that one?
2: Uh yeah, that song. Um, I love I love that song. And uh, when I was, uh, um, I did a trek to the uh, base camp at Everest, uh, in I think 2010. From from memory, um, I had a, one of those little shuffles, those little iPod shuffles, and. Uh, uh, the first song that i didn 't know how to use it properly, and i hadn 't bothered looking at the instructions and every single time that I pressed on it, that song would start no matter what i did um, so i 'm not sure exactly what i 'd done, but I must have heard that song you know literally a hundred times on that that trip so once again it you know like music does uh to a lot of people, it sort of takes me back and you know reminds me of 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 that journey uh towards uh towards everest
1: and I guess when you 're traveling, you tend to do quite a bit of travel. What do you look for in a place?
2: Well certainly recently um I've looked for you know landscapes um beautiful uh, places I I've, I've started to be quite passionate about landscape photography and and um and so I look for places that will you know allow me to take great photos uh, places of great beauty such as like obviously the two I've already mentioned Iceland and uh you know Everest or the Himalayas. Um,
1: Iceland should really probably hire us for you know the tourism board or something like that. We <laughs> probably so. sent so many people their way. Yeah,
2: well, <laughs> yeah, you should send more because uh, it's amazing.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, its an actual thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. So I've seen some of your photos on the andrewjohnston.com dot com website of Iceland and of New Zealand, and mm-hmm. they're they're amazing photos. I suggest that if you're listening, go check them out. Really gorgeous stuff, and. I, for a while, was wondering why there were trees in Iceland, and it turns out it was New Zealand photos. There's a funny quote that someone from Iceland told me, if if you get lost in a forest in Iceland, just stand up.
2: Yeah, yeah, not a lot of trees in Iceland. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. and
1: the ones that are there are tiny and adorable. (laughs) And um, So what kind of inspires you? Do you usually go straight to things like magazines and the internet and other people's work for inspiration, or do you take it from other areas in your life?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm no different to everyone else. You know, I love, you know, I obviously I'm online, you know, a vast majority of the day and, um, check out, you know, websites daily for inspiration as well. But, uh, I found I've become a little bit less, um, inclined to do that these days and just kind of get inspiration by, by my normal life really, which, um, I don't know, it sounds a bit sort of uh, lame to say that, but it, it, you know, I, I just enjoy my time, I, I you know, and, and I enjoy I live in a nice place near the beach and I, you know, beautiful view from my house and I just enjoy that. That that stuff sort of inspires me and my trips away, which I try to make as frequently as possible, really inspire me. And running semi-permanent, meeting the speakers, dealing with the speakers, seeing their artwork is, is also very inspirational.
1: Have you ever gotten into kind of overload mode? I mean, your entire career is just looking at design and art and basically saying, I like this, this should be part of this blog or my magazine or the conference. Do you ever kind of reach your your point where you're just thinking this is too much nice stuff?
2: Uh, not really. It's funny that because yeah, I've thought about that quite a few times over the years. I mean, having been doing design is kinky for almost 16 years now. Um, you know, have seen so many pieces of artwork or design or whatever. And but I, it's the great thing about that about the creativity is that every day you see a different thing. Every day you see a new variation on something that you know you've seen before or something completely new. And if you're a person who's creatively inclined and loves to look at artwork and stuff, then you're, it's constantly fresh. You know, you don't feel like, oh, God, I looked at, you know, 100, 100 things yesterday. I'm not going to look at any today. You You just – you see something and you just love it. And, I mean, that just never really stops.
1: Yeah, and I guess we've kind of, you know, got a lot of amazing creative things that we have access to with the internet. You've been, you know – Online, doing design things for a long time—that's basically your entire career. You would have seen a lot of changes online, and how you know the the internet deals with design and the importance of design and the relationship between the two. Can you kind of talk to that point in terms of how you've how you've seen things change?
2: Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, you know, as I mentioned just before, I mean, we—I've been doing design and skinky for sixteen years, so the internet has changed. Dramatically, I mean, I was first using a 56K modem, you know, that used to have to dial up back in the day, which probably some of your listeners wouldn't even, you know, understand. They wouldn't have had to deal with that. Uh, but, uh, you know, so even just, uh, you know, what you can do on the Internet um, has changed dramatically. Like people now, it's obviously a lot of it's to do with video, um, streaming content, that kind of thing, which which can make creative uh stuff for the internet so much more you know you can have video obviously film you know create short films all that kind of thing um back in the day you know it was it was keeping things fairly simple because you didn't have a lot of uh um, bandwidth for people to be able to sort of download um i mean someone told me once a few years back that we were the designers kinky was a blog before the word blog which i didn't really realize until that point but yeah we were we were around well before there was such a thing as a blog but uh yeah, it seems some dramatic. I mean, I think it it kind of went um, it went really busy the internet for a while, and then it kind of dropped. And I think now people have come. To, it's just a tool that we use, and I think that websites reflect that now. They've become really, um, you know, precise and 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 uh, kind of simplified. I think so that they work on all devices, all that kind of thing, all that sort of Absolutely. technical stuff. Absolutely, I guess
1: tailoring to the actual experience.
2: Yeah, there's not as much, uh, or at least I certainly don't see as much kind of like internet art as it, you know, certainly like sort of 10, 12 years ago, every second website was some immersive flash experience that took you, you know, 15 minutes to get to to sort of a a piece of work from that person. But now it's all just about, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is my work or, you know, this is what my products are or whatever. Everyone's sort of quite upfront and I think that... uh, It's sort of made the internet, you know, a bit of a better place, I think.
1: Mm -hmm. And we've got a track to go to now. It's uh, from an Icelandic band, as we were talking about Iceland just a moment ago. And can you tell me a little bit about this?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a similar story to Mumford and Sons, really. I mean, I kind of uh, wasn't sure about choosing a Sigur Rós track because, you know, when you talk about Iceland, I mean, first thing people think of is Bjork and Sigur Rós. So I thought it might be a little bit cliché, but I mean, I love this song. I mean, it's one of their most popular songs and for a good reason, because it's just beautiful and... I I listened to uh, sorry listened to Sigur Ros a lot when I was in Iceland because their music you know just fits that landscape so perfectly it's it's kind of it's surprising um, and I I couldn't think of anything better to listen to while you're there
1: absolutely it's the full experience and here's some really weird lyric stuff from from uh, Sigur Ros Star Her That I 94.5. Gorgeous stuff just there from Ross called Starofer, otherwise known as Staring Elf. Beautiful and weird. And yeah, that was a beautiful track. In. yeah, <laughs> in by my guest today, who you just heard, Andrew Johnston, <laughs> who is the co-founder and director of semi-permanent design conference, which happens next week starting on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And uh with the with the conference. You kind of ba- basically have to curate it around your taste, and your taste is kind of your entire career. You also had a magazine called Empty for a while, which is essentially things you like. And I was wondering, did ha- what happened to that magazine? It, it fell off the p- face of the earth after a while.
2: Uh, it's actually still around. It's um, yeah, still happening, ho- really. Yeah, hopefully everyone knows that. No, obviously not everyone. Um, yeah, we did actually kind of uh, do what we called the final issue. Um, oh, yeah. That was last year, but then uh, we've crowdfunded um, this current issue, which has sort of become an annual, uh, and that came out about uh, maybe a month and a half, two months ago. So, yeah, yeah, it's still alive, but, yeah, sort of um, kind of just barely kicking, I guess.
1: That's that's interesting because I read something online that was saying that empty, you know, we we have to wrap it up here because we're not making any money we're losing money and you the, the idea of the zine is basically you you started with text but then you also had images and then it became a purely image based uh based publication with no ads how did you manage to keep it going without any advertising
2: well, I guess I kind of didn't um, manage to keep Sorry. it going, to be honest. But no, I, I mean, yeah, we, we started out uh, and it was a bit more of a trad- traditional style magazine. We did have some advertising, not a lot, um, but if, but a little bit, which was enough to kind of keep us going. And yeah, over the years, I mean, I you know, I don't want to go into one of these anti-advertising um, rants, but I certainly um, think there's enough advertising in the world. And so I felt after a few years, I kind of worked out a way that it might work without it. Um, plus also selling advertising, calling people and all that is a really horrible thing to have to do mm-hmm. and i didn 't want to have to do it so um, I decided that just to strip the magazine back to its base elements, which is obviously images, which is because it 's all about art it 's all about you know the the work of the creative that we put in there so we just stripped it back it 's all just images, um, a little bit of information about the artists obviously, and a few random other things and uh, got rid of the ads and um, yeah after a few years it just sort of You know, things change, you know, obviously other magazines come out and um, sales started dropping a little bit and, you know, people obviously, you know, uh, have other things to do with their cash and we decided that it was best to put it to rest and, um, Mm -hmm. but then, you know, resurrected it, I guess, um, for this annual, which I'm hoping to continue every year.
1: Was it due to popular demand?
2: Kind of, yeah. I mean, we definitely got a lot of uh, emails from people saying, you know, I wish you hadn't sort of stopped doing it. That's a real shame. And um, when I did the crowdfunding, I didn't really know how it would, how, how it would go, whether the, the, the support was still out there, but it went crazy. We um, actually went over the limit that we needed, um, which allowed us to print a little bit of a better magazine. Deluxe edition. Yeah, basically. Right. And um, yeah, it was really, uh, really humbling to know that so many people out there were, were still keen for the magazine to, to keep going.
1: Mm-hmm. And I was wondering, um, in terms of the climate at the moment, do you think that now is a really good time to be a designer?
2: Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, I don't think the climate has changed all that much over the years. I think that there's more and more people are becoming designers, so it's possibly a bit tougher, you know, as a young creative in particular, to sort of get that break. Um, but, you know, design is one of those things that, you know, it's it people sort of think of it in as this kind of other thing, but everything you see is designed and every logo, every poster, every leaflet, every... You know, basically every magazine, everything has to have a designer behind it. So the work's out there. And if you happen to be talented and and, uh, passionate about it, you'll you'll get work.
1: Excellent. And we've got a track here from Rosie Catalano. Uh, Tell me why you brought in this track.
2: Um, I really love this track. Um, And Rosie just happens to be um, my girlfriend, Nikki's sister. Um, uh, But, you know, and Nikki sort of put me onto Rosie's music and I was really loved it I, I thought it was great and this song in particular I was a really big fan of
1: and it's called 20 million dollars on fbi 94.5 you're listening to out of the box my name's ash Bertabers. my guest today andrew johnston she
4: said i went to the psychiatrist and he
1: Hey Lucky Duck, you're listening to FBI Radio ninety-four point five and uh you're listening to out of the box. My guest today is Andrew Johnston, and we were just chatting about an offer he has for those who are listening to FBI in terms of the semi-permanent conference. If that pikes your interest, then listen in.
2: Uh yeah, yeah, this is the uh the plug, you know. Um Basically, you know, we really appreciate the support that we've gotten from FBI, so we wanted to offer FBI listeners um, a really good deal on, on the tickets for the event coming up next week. Um, we have general admission tickets, which are only uh, $40, but if you use this uh, code, which is quite simply FBI, on semipermanent.com, uh, when you go to the ticketing section, then you'll get 25% off, which basically makes it 30 bucks. For that, you get free drinks, you get uh, DJs, you get bands such as Ernest Ellis, World's End Press. Um, You get to see the exhibitions, installations, the screenings. Um, As I mentioned, two parties with bands and DJs. a lot of fun, really inspiring, int- interesting stuff, really great exhibitions, Mr. Brainwash, Curvy, all sorts of stuff.
1: And we've got a butt-ton of links to all of these things on the out-of-the-box, on the FBI website, Under under on-air, you go to programs and playlists, out-of-the-box is where you'll find all of that stuff. And I actually want to talk to you about a few of the artists or, I guess, personalities, some of them, that are coming to the conference this year. So Mr. Brainwash, mm-hmm. I think that'll be a really interesting one. He's I don't quite know what I think of him. Is he a genius or is he completely nuts?
2: I think he's both. Um, mm-hmm. Having met the man, I think he's yeah, both a uh, very nutty genius. Um, he's a great guy, very nice guy, um, incredibly energetic, and you know he, he's you know whatever you think about him. I, I I don't think people know about him. They don't know the actual story. I don't think I know the actual story, even having met him and chatted to him for a couple of hours.
1: So he's the guy from Exit through the Gift Shop, that Banksy film, where it was kind of uh, how would you how would you define him as a character?
2: Well, he's just yeah. He, I mean, the one word I use for him all the time is crazy, um, and he uses it for himself. Though it's not actually an insult for him, but uh, yeah, he, he you know he took an opportunity. He fil- you know he was a filmmaker, and now he's become a bit of an artist. Um, you know, some people don't like his art. Some people love him. He's controversial, and I think that's great. And that's what we want people to come and see. We want people come, people to come and see the truth.
1: Absolutely, and Andrew Denton is going to be. You're taking to the, the spotlight again. He's been a bit out of the spotlight lately. I know my mum was on a cruise with him in Antarctica a while ago, so that's what he's getting up to, running trivia nights on a cruise ship. <laughs> so wh- why is he taking to the stage this time?
2: Uh, well, you know, he's a, obviously a media legend in Australia, and I've been a big fan of Andrew Denton for many years, as as I uh, have most people. Uh, Especially me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, he's obviously, yeah, taken a bit of sabbaticals, been doing a lot mm-hmm. of travelling and stuff from what what we understand. And I think he's just got some really interesting thoughts on... Um, you know, on, on, on being a cre- successful in, as a creative. Also got some really interesting thoughts about, um, you know, about our social media, about what we're sort of, how we've become as a society and incredibly intelligent man with a lot of great insights. So I'm really looking forward to that presentation.
1: Mm-hmm. And absolutely, it kind of blurs the design kind of guidelines that the, the festival seems to be built around, which is interesting. You've got a good variety. And Tony Hawk... I was wondering why he would be relevant to semi-permanent.
2: Well, Tony Hawk is, you know, he's creative in his own right. He's obviously one of you know, the most famous and iconic skateboarder of all time. Um, but he's also an entrepreneur. He's a philanthropist. You know, he has his own uh, foundation. He has his own brand. Um, and, you know, he spends a lot of time and he has a team behind him building these these foundations, building this brand. So, you know, he's he's as creative as anyone. And I think that, that it's a really interesting story because you hear about branding companies, you hear about branding Uh, all sorts of things. But you never really hear that much um, in our world anyway about branding an individual. And so I think Tony, and he'll be speaking with um, his good mate, Corbin Harris, who's an Australian skateboarder and broadcaster, they're going to be really interesting because it's going to be coming at sort of that kind of branding and advertising and design world from a very different angle.
1: Good stuff. And uh, you've been listening to FBI 94.5 Out of the Box is the name of the show. My name's Ash Bez. And for the past hour, you've been hearing the jams and the chats of Andrew Johnston from Semi-Permanent and uh, if you need any more information about anything you've heard on this show in terms of music or in terms of links to Sweet Deals go to the FBA Radio website and on air out of the box that's where you'll find it all chilling out and we've got time for one last track so who do we have? We have Radiohead I think
2: uh, Yeah Radiohead Codex mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Any particular reason you chose this track?
2: Uh, I just think it's my, it's my personal favourite for Radiohead um, just love love the song Oh. Uh...
0: Of The Box. Out of the Box. Meet people through their music. With Ash Bertabez on FBI.